Hey everybody, welcome to episode 39 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. In this episode, we're going to be talking about ACEs and what it means to have a high ACE score and what that does, what the effects are on that. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're almost on episode 40. That's wow. kind of crazy. Big milestone. Yeah. Huge. <clears throat> maybe we'll have a special guest. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Find out next week. A special guest will be Zuko. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Zuko and his collar, if you can hear that. He's just going to be sniffing into the mic the whole episode. <laughs> what do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like you heard in the intro... We're talking about ACEs and what that means. It's an acronym. As you know, we, we love acronyms. Like the last four episodes was acronyms. <laughs> we yeah. love acronyms on this show. But ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And the bulk of this episode is going to be coming from the book The Deepest Well by Nadine Burke Harris. She's a huge advocate for ACEs and she's really the, the one who pushed this forward. She didn't perform the the study that discovered adverse childhood experiences yeah, and what those do. Yeah, she didn't necessarily like find this um this like she didn't come to the revelation of these things. She just she had some experiences that led her to do her own research where she where she found this research and yeah. advocated for this uh I don't even know what to call it. This um this test because it is a test and it's a way of understanding childhood experiences but yeah she's a huge advocate for it and her book is amazing that we both yeah. read it and it's a it's really cool um, understanding of what aces are how they can affect people and uh the best way to overcome childhood traumatic experiences yeah and so she's definitely a modern day pioneer when it comes to aces she's pioneered it mm -hmm, absolutely uh, at least bringing it back from when the study was She's a medical doctor. Done. I guess that should be yeah. clarified. She's a medical doctor in San Francisco, I believe, that was um, yeah, I think so. treating some lower income people that uh, had a lot of adverse childhood experiences of their own, that which caused some some problems for them. And uh, that seeing those people that she was treating and dealing with on her day to day practice, day to day uh, aspect in her practice, led her to be a huge advocate for these. For this research, the ACE research. So, yeah. really cool stuff. And the ACE test or the ACE study was done from 1995 to 1997. And in that time period from now, it was buried a little bit and not really popular. And so Nadine was able to bring that to light. Yeah. And now it's definitely getting a lot more traction. So you haven't heard about it. You're not probably not alone. I hadn't heard about it until about three months ago when... Um, our internship manager that me and Enoch were working for, she kind of assigned it to us as a semi, I guess like almost in a required reading, but more like a suggested reading for the things we'd be dealing with as right. interns for this organization. So I hadn't heard about it up until then. I know Enoch had before that, but I hadn't. And it's not a very common thing like Enoch was saying. it's It was kind of buried a little bit and wasn't very popularized until Nadine came around and wrote this book and started really started getting pushed into the limelight of mental health and it's starting to gain more traction and understanding in the mental health and like physical health world. It's starting to yeah. get picked up a little bit more. Yep. 
I, I guess of what we should preface this with as we get into it. Um, these aces, which we're about to, there's an awesome test that we're going to go through here. And it was a, you'll be able to take it with us right yeah, now. We're gonna t- I'll take it together. Obviously we're not going to be saying our adverse experiences on right. air here, but um, right. we'll go through that in a minute. But these um, aces or these adverse childhood experiences can basically, we're going to talk about this later, but they can affect your actual physical health and the way your body and brain develops and the way you're develop as a child. We're going to get into that later, but the higher your ACE score is, the more likely you are to have health complications in the future. And we'll get into more of the details and some of the facts on that after we finish the test. Yeah. So, okay. get into the test then. I think we're going to get into it. And the link to this test will be in the description. So if you want to go back and look at the questions, if you want to actually read them, you can go ahead and do that. We'll just link yeah. it down below. And the article, there's some good um, information in the article that is linked with the test as well. It's on npr.org, and so it's funded by a nonprofit. It's not driven by any type of, um, I don't know, political leaning or anything like that. So um, really good stuff on it. So let's let's get right into it. And so just keep track of how many you say yes to, because every time you say yes, that is a, a point on the ACE test. and A, a tick. A tick. Yeah. It's called a tick. It's a point. It's not, usually points are a good thing. Where these aren't necessarily yeah, we're good things. we're playing golf here. You want a you want, you want low score. Yeah, put a little tick. Um, so in your mind, just keep track of how many you say yes to. And that will, we'll talk about that afterwards. So question one, before your 18th birthday, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you? Or act in a way that made you feel afraid that you might be physically hurt. So yes or no on that, and you can go back and listen to it if you need to. Before your 18th birthday... Did question a parent, two. Yeah, sorry, question two. Before your 18th birthday, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw, thumbs, throw, throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or you were injured? Third question... Before your 18th birthday, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touch their body in a sexual way or attempt to or actually have attempt to or actually have oral, anal or vaginal intercourse with you? Question four. Before your 18th birthday, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other? feel close to each other, or support each other. Question five. Before your 18th birthday, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, or had no one to protect you? Or did your parent, were your parents ever too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor when you needed to? Before your 18th birthday, was a biological parent ever lost to you through divorce, abandonment, or other reason? Before your 18th birthday, was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her, or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something else hard, or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes, or threatened with a gun or a knife? Before your 18th birthday, did you live with someone or anyone who was a problem drinker, alcoholic, or used street drugs? Before your 18th birthday, was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? And lastly, question 10, before your 18th birthday, did a household member go to prison? 
that's all of them. So if you need to go back and listen to them or go to the link at the website to read them again and maybe slowly go over them to really think about it and to keep track of them, you can. But those are the 10 aces that are part of this quiz. And now that you have your, I don't want to say score, but maybe your tally of how many aces you have experienced in your life, we're now going to talk about what that means and how that has, could, or could it potentially affect you in your future and your children if you choose to have them. Um, so one thing that, that I guess the biggest takeaway from having a high A score or having a even a moderately low A score, even any yeah. A's at all, is what really happens is the the childhood brain adapts and becomes used to living in a in a threatening environment. It it's almost like the stress response is always on. Mm-hmm. It's always ready for some type of adverse experience. Like it says in the name, it's always ready to defend itself. And this just leads to a higher stress response in general and just more stressed in like over time, just more stressed just kind of like, I guess, sitting stress. You're just stressed all the time. Yeah. Because your brain is just used to being stressed because it feels like it has to be on all the time, um, which can just lead to long, more long-term stress. And when this happens at a young age, it can it can affect body and brain development. And so high ACE scores have been linked to things like type 1 diabetes, um, heart disease, liver failure, cancer um, for children, like growth development issues. Um, I guess one example in the book of The Deepest Well one of the first instances that set um, the author Nadine Burke Harris is Burke Harris. Burke Harris. We'll say Dr. Burke Harris. What set her off to researching this was this young man who came in um, and she came in, I believe the young man's mom bring him in to obtain ADHD medication because the Mm -hmm. teacher was Mm -hmm. just a little bit worried about his hyperactivity in in the classroom. And she walked in and saw him as like, Oh, it looks like a pretty healthy four year old. And, um, after reading the chart, found out that he was actually eight years old, but he was the size of a normal four-year-old. So he was two times as small as he should be, I guess. And this led her to go into some questioning. Like, is he eating enough? And is he, does he have any other health complications that we don't know about? What's this and that? And she said, well, no, he's pretty healthy. We just came in for ADHD medication. And after digging deeper, found out that at four years old, he was severely sexually abused. And lived in a very, there was an alcoholic living in his home. So he had a moderately high ACE score starting at a really young age. And that stopped his development. He stopped growing. His body was so focused on the stress response of protecting itself all the time that it literally stopped growing. And it started to cause all these other health complications like growth, like development in his body. And it probably even caused the ADHD. And so that's just an example of how the high ACE score can can affect your, your actual biological health and your your body and brain development yeah and here's one of many quotes from the book we have a lot here that we're going to read because it's gold but here dr burke harris talks about uh, the criteria or some of the symptoms that you look for in having a high ACE score because she was seeing that a lot of people coming into her clinic were all they all had ADHD. They were all hyperactive. Mm-hmm. They were impulsive. And so she says this. If you remember the criteria for an ACE score, or at least seeing if someone has an ACE score, just by the way they're acting, include inattention, impulsiveness, and hyperactivity. She goes on to say, but the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, 
of mental disorders, so the DSM, doesn't say a word about the underlying biology. What it does say is that if these symptoms are associated with a different mental disorder like schizophrenia, that it's no longer ADHD. Similarly, if we see impulsive, impulsivity and hyperactivity, but discover that these symptoms are caused by a brain tumor, we can't diagnose ADHD. And so right there she's saying that we don't look at adverse childhood experiences enough, at least didn't before this. Started to a little bit more now. Yeah, start to. Uh, we've started to a lot more now. But we would just prescribe ADHD if there weren't things like a brain tumor or a schizophrenia. And we'd go ahead and give them the ADHD pills, you know. But now she's saying that because of adverse childhood experiences, that should be a reason to not just give them ADHD pills. Yeah. The underlying cause needs to be fixed and addressed and not just the symptoms. And I think far too often, at least people that I've known that have ADHD have a high ACE score. And so they don't need ADHD medication. They need to address that underlying cause, yeah. which is the ACE score. Exactly. And um, I guess diving a little bit deeper into like the neurochemistry and neurobiology, um, I guess another quote coming from the deep as well is that, they found that the more symptoms a kid had, um, some of the symptoms that we just talked about, is the higher the cortisol his or her levels were and the smaller the volume of his or her hippocampus. And after the first measurement of the hippocampus, they measured the same kids again 12 to 18 months later after their first initial assessment and found the hippocampi were even smaller, despite the fact that these kids were no longer experiencing the trauma. So the, the trauma had came and passed. They did their initial um, evaluation, but the trauma was still... It's like the brain was still experiencing that in the moment, and it was continuing to shrink the hippocampus, which was causing the hyperactivity and the irritability, the other symptoms that Enoch was just talking about, which then in the future causes other biological problems. And so, um, yeah, the parts that were responsible for learning and for memory were still shrinking, despite the fact that the trauma and the experiences had come and gone, and thus showing us that the effects of earlier stress were still acting on the neurological system. So this just shows the long-term effects that having that there, that like just having the ACE, even if it's just a one-time thing, that this thing happens. You then, you get that tick on the ACE test, and it does have the possibility to continue to wreak havoc on your neurological system, on your the rest of your biological systems, your body, your liver, your pancreas, your stomach. It's just, it's linked to, a high ACE score is linked to so many biological unfortunate biological outcomes that it's it's kind of yeah. scary actually but it just shows that even just a couple experiences that happened one time can it cause a lifetime of problems right it's, if yeah if they're not addressed yeah and, and if we'll, they happen at a really young age too yeah 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 and we'll talk about that later as well but so having having an ACE score of two or more actually doubles someone's likelihood of developing an autoimmune disorder and you might be saying oh my gosh i have a score of two or three or four, whatever mm -hmm. your score is, you are that much more likely to develop an autoimmune disorder. And like Austin was just saying, Dr. Harris says that the main issue is that when the stress response is activated too frequently, or if the stressor is too intense, the body can lose the ability to shut down the HPA and SAM axis. The term for this is 
disruption of feedback inhibition, which is a sciencey way of saying that the body's stress thermostat is broken. So when your stress response system is activated too frequently when you're a child, when the brain's trying to grow, to learn new things, to I mean, essentially develop, when too much cortisol is pumped into the brain, when they're living with a bear, in a sense, uh, it literally shuts down the... <laughs> Zuko's trying to jump up on Austin right now. He's <laughs> biting me. Yeah, chill out, dude. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, too much cortisol, too much stress shuts down the body's stress thermostat. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't know if the stress level is too high, too low, or whatever it is. And so it doesn't work, which just causes havoc. And like Austin said, it literally, it stunts your brain because your brain's only focused on survival, not Mm -hmm. growth. And so that's where it puts all of its time and energy is keeping the stress response going to keep you alive because you don't, doesn't want you to die. Yeah. I guess looking at the more of the like societal, cultural aspects of it, you put in a person who's used to, like Enix said, living with the bear that in their mind, that's kind of what they're experiencing is always being around a harmful person or situation. That's their brains, I guess, go to default setting is, and you put them in a normal situation, like just being in a classroom or in a normal, healthy relationship with, um, someone that they're dating or being, or having gotten married to, you put their hyperactive stress brain into a normal situation they are not going to respond correctly. They're going to have the hyperactivity because their brain's used to living with the bear and yeah. dealing with these stressful situations. And so it's no wonder they have these hyperactive tendencies and these inappropriate like cultural or uh, I guess behavioral problems because their brain is hardwired to live with the bear, not to just have a normal life. So that's where we see those issues come in is because of those neurological changes. And like we were talking about earlier, you're not, I feel like you experience these ACE test um, criteria, it's specific ages that are most at risk. Like the younger you are. It's before 18. Yeah, exactly. That's why every question in the test says before age 18. exactly. Yeah. Because those are, we call it neuroplasticity. That's what it's called. Like when your brain is very susceptible to change and to experiences for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. You're, that's why you learn a lot as a kid and you can pick up skills really easily. That's why you see kids pick up sports so easily because they're so plastic. Learn new languages. Yeah, exactly. That's why kids pick up... You see a toddler pick up English faster than a than an adult could pick up English learning or, like, or learning another language just because yeah. your children are so plastic. Yeah. Um, their, their brains are. I should say <laughs> not, not literally. They're plastic. Um, yeah, and that's, that's why it causes these problems because all these other developments are going on and so you throw in a a stress response like these, uh, like a high A score, even just an A score of two, like we were just talking mm-hmm. about, it just throws in a, like a wrench into things. It causes a, a pause on what should be normal development. And that's what's so dangerous about these situations that cause high A score. And uh, I guess one thing that I guess I wanted to point out is that people who have a high A scores that then have children it's likely that their children will then come out with the same or higher A score than they did because it just kind of gets perpetuated through the nurture and the relationship that they have with their children. 
And so that's another thing. It just kind of it, it goes across generations. So even if mm-hmm. the kid itself isn't doesn't necessarily experience the same ace situations that their parents did, they'll likely end up with the same amount as their parent, just in different aspects, just because of the problems their parent had. And so it just gets perpetuated across generations. So that's why treatment and diagnosis is really important in this situation. Yeah, you can be the one to stop this for future generations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and now you might be asking, but Enoch, Austin, how do I change my ACE score? Or is there a way to to get a lower score? My friend, the good news is yes, you can, which is awesome. And more studies have been coming out recently showing that these things that we'll talk about really do have a big impact on your ACE score. And you can essentially get rid of them. If yeah. not, you know, just... You can't go back in time and make them not happen, but you, right, can, yeah. you can make it so the effects of those situations don't cause you to right. have heart disease or that you yep. die from a heart attack at 55. Yeah. Or that you develop type 1 diabetes at 30. You know, it's going to... Yeah. If you can correctly and appropriately... Kind of like dilutes it. Yeah, it dilutes it, yeah. yeah. Because they're, you're still going to have the problems from it. Unfortunately, that's how life is. But if you get it at the right time and you heal in the proper ways and take the right precautions, I guess, Yeah. you can um, you can lessen some of the impact that your high A score could otherwise have on you. A significant amount. Yeah, significant. Like, should, should I'm not be gonna, said. We're not going to say like it's going to completely get rid of it. Yeah. Because what we've been learning is that when you create a new neural pathway right? You start a new habit that you're laying down a pathway on top of the old one. Yeah. And studies have shown that that old neural pathway doesn't go away. It stays there forever. And that's why you have, you know, memories from a long time ago that you've tried to get rid of. You fall into bad habits after years of doing, not doing that habit because that connection there, that neural pathway is still there there's just a different pathway on top of it. And so these pathways, you can create new ones, but the old ones will always be there. Now that can be, uh, I don't know, disturbing for some people or kind of feel uncomfortable, discouraging. But that's also a good thing. Now it's just a reality that we have to come to terms with that everything we've gone through, everything we do really is laid down if done enough obviously forever but we can change it now there are specific windows of change that dr harris talks about and so the three windows are when you're a teenager okay when you're going through puberty when you are pregnant if you're a woman and also when you're a new parent when you're a woman and a man. Mm-hmm. So a mom, new mom, new dad. Those are windows of change. Now, be, they're called windows of change because during these times, there are certain hormones that are higher than any other time in your life. Just like, uh, I believe the the main hormone that's really high in, uh, when you're pregnant and as a new parent especially is oxytocin. And that's the bonding chemical. And when that chemical is really high, it opens up that window to change or increases what's called synaptic plasticity or that the ability for the mind to change and adapt, it opens up that window 
uh, even bigger than it, what it, what it normally is because it's normally really pretty really really small. Especially as you grow up as an adult, like yep. it's the old you can't teach an old, old dog new tricks. You know that's to a certain extent that's somewhat true, just because it's hard to build new neural pathways as a as an adult. Like we said, it is possible with enough work and enough dedication, and right, like you can do it. It's yeah. Please don't discourage. Like you right. can if you're if you don't have any kids anytime soon and you're not a teenager anymore, it's possible. But yeah. Right. It is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, it'll take a lot of time. And even during these big windows of change, there's, it's still going to be hard. Especially if your ace, like the higher your ace score is, it's going to be more difficult. If you only have one or two versus six or seven, it's going to be more difficult to work through the six or seven um, in those times of, even in the times of the windows of change, obviously. But at any given time, the lower the score, the easier, easier it is to overcome. And the higher the score, the opposite. Right. But... The news you just need to know is you can change. It's possible. It's possible no matter what. No matter your score, you can change. Now, here are the six things that Dr. Harris and her team came to find that reduces your score. And some of these are going to say, well, that's dumb. That's obvious or that's silly. And you're right. It's really simple stuff. It's not groundbreaking stuff here that we're going to talk about. So you may uh, think it is pretty... <laughs> Kind of, uh, you trivialize, trivialized, oversimplified, yeah. but it's it should be encouraging for anyone who is does have a high A score and wants to overcome it. It is a, it's not an easy path, but it's a simple path. Right, anticlimactic is the word. Yeah, I was that's a good say. way to put it. It might be a little bit anticlimactic, but it's gonna be great. So the six things. You ready? Number one, sleep. Hmm, interesting. Number two. Some of that right now. <laughs> Mental health. Okay, prioritizing your mental health. Duh, right? Three, healthy relationships. Four, exercise. Five, nutrition. And six, mindfulness. We're big on that one, as you know. But Dr. Harris goes on to say, after she gives us these six things that we can do, she says, we saw in our patients that these six things were critical for healing. As important, the literature, literature provided evidence of why these things were effective. Fundamentally, they all targeted the underlying biological mechanism, a dysregulated stress response system, and the neurological, endocrine, and immune disruptions that ensued. And so what she's saying there is, these six things all address the fact of the 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 issue of the a dysregulated stress response system or a thermostat a stress thermostat that doesn't work all of these address that thermostat and help it to get up and running again mm-hmm. and so it sounds simple but i'm sure most of you if not all of you have said oh i don't do that or oh i could do better at that cuz i know i can in a lot of these areas because these areas really they bring down our stress and there's a ton of amazing studies that are coming out especially on mindfulness of what it does to the fight or flight response like when it's active if you can learn to be mindful through a stressful situation the stress isn't as bad and it's not really considered a stressful situation anymore as far as like neurologically goes because you're not releasing as much uh, cortisol or the stress hormone which is really interesting. But I mean, you can see that all of these six things 
it's kind of obvious why they're good for us. But all of these also, like Dr. Harris said, help our stress response system come back to normal, especially after going through adverse childhood experiences. A lot of the times, our stress response system isn't going to fix itself. Like mm. we've talked about, it's going to stay that way until addressed. And so it's, it's doing what it's meant to do. It's, yep. um, it's in a stressful situation. And so it's designed out of the box to adapt to stressful situations. And so right. it's doing what it's supposed to do. So why would it fix itself? And it, in our brain's own mind, I guess that's a kind of a contradictory phase is doing what it's, it's meant to do. And so of course it's not going to fix itself if it thinks it's doing the right thing. So that's yeah. why we have to kind of step in consciously to do things to fix the broken thermostat. And that's why it's so encouraging for me at least. I mean, I have a couple aces myself and it's encouraging to know that it's a simple, it's a simple path that might be a bit, little difficult and might take a long time, but I can focus on sleep. I can focus on eating well and practicing mindfulness, you know, and yeah. so can all of you, all of those six things. It doesn't require a, a grandiose complex plan for you to overcome your a score of three. It's, it's simple and it's possible and it's, it's most uh, likely to be done with help, like a therapist, like a loving family member, a spouse, and to be honest with them and to be dedicated to overcoming it, I guess, because your life will improve not only mentally, but of course, like we've been talking about, you're less at risk to die early or to develop heart disease or diabetes, things like that. It will have long-term implications that will be of your benefit that are worth it. So Right. And ACE scores, if you're, if you're thinking, oh, I have an ACE score of two, three, four, whatever it is, and I haven't had a negative side effect, mm. just remember that ACE scores are in it for the long run. They'll, in a sense, come back and bite you in the butt when you're not paying attention or when just out of the blue, out of random. You may have a stroke one day, and a part of that stroke will be because of your ACE score. Your brain didn't develop properly. Yeah. Your heart didn't develop properly because of the adverse child ex childhood experience you had. Stopped certain type of development that maybe some cells in your heart didn't get properly developed. And yeah, you're fine for, fine with it until you hit 50 years old and then your health starts declining anyways and it just goes off. could be right. a stroke and they, you could be perfectly healthy otherwise. But because you had a little bit of a wrong development because of that, you won't even know that it hit you. That's what it's, that's what's kind of unfortunate about aces. Yeah, you never know. So that's why self care is worth it, man. It really is. Like you're worth it. We've said that several times, especially in our what about series. You are worth it, and so it's worth it to take the time to take care of yourself, despite your ace score. Even if you have an ace score of zero, it's still important to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, last quote we want to read here from the deepest well. Aces and toxic stress thrive on secrecy and shame, both at the individual level and at the societal level. We can't treat what we refuse to see. So I know this can be really hard for a lot of people, especially if you do have a high ACE score. You can tend to deny it, say, no, I don't, that didn't happen, or I'm fine, I'll be okay. The toxic stress, which is unnatural levels of stress, thrive in secrecy and shame and so again you are worth it to get help to seek help even if it's just talking with someone that 
you trust, whether that be a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, a friend, just that can help you and can be a great start to getting on the road to healing. And going back to the the six things that you can do, um, and and for most, I mean, all of these 10 things, none of it is your fault. And maybe there's some things right. you can contributed to, to led that led to obtaining a tick on one of the ACE score questions. Maybe you could say that maybe you contributed to it and it could be a little bit your fault, but that's not helpful. We talk about that all the time that you could blame yourself for a high score, but that's not very helpful. But what it is helpful is understanding that it's not your fault that you're having these adverse experiences right. in the long term. And that there are things that you can do to, I guess, overcome it and to take control of your life. And so that these aces don't control you. And again, just a reminder of those six things that you can do today and you can focus on daily sleep, focusing on your mental health, building healthy relationships, getting exercise, having good nutrition and practicing mindfulness. And nowhere in that I can, I can think of any um, person that is, has an inability to focus on any of those in one way or another, you can focus on at least a few of those to help overcome, um, your aces, the things that you've been through that are causing you maybe some trouble in your life and that could cause long-term troubles in the future. So even if you just need to focus on one, maybe you don't have the ability to focus on all of them at once. Yeah. Choose sleep, choose nutrition, choose mindfulness, and just focus on that. Once you've got that neuropathway really paved down, focus on the next one, focus on mental health next, whatever it is, because you're worth it. It's not your fault if you've been through these problems or these, these experiences and that it is possible to change even outside of those windows of neural or synaptic plasticity. Yeah. It is a little bit harder, but by golly, it's worth it. And it is possible. My golly, it's worth it. By golly, by gosh, it is worth it. And, uh, we hope all of you feel encouraged now and uh, maybe you didn't know that you had a high a score but maybe now you do know and maybe you didn't know you had a low one and that maybe you are seeing effects from a low score it doesn't really matter where you're at with your score what matters is what you do about it in the long run yep there's and, always uh, something you can do about exactly. it exactly there's a you can be 100 percent responsible for the things that you can do to make your life more livable that's right Okay, well, I hope you learned something new. I know we've talked about ACEs in past episodes. And now if you didn't know, now you know. Mm -hmm. That's what ACEs are, adverse childhood experiences. And yeah, I hope you have been able to think of something that you can do for you. Now, self-care isn't, shel isn't selfish. <laughs> self-care isn't selfish. You are worth it. We'll say that a million times, even on days you feel like you're not. Your worth never changes, ever, no matter what you do, no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you will do. Your worth is always going to be the same, and you are always worth it. And so get out there, make a change, be the difference you want to see in the world. Michael Jackson, make that change. Choose one of those six things to start <laughs> focusing on in a Michael Jackson way. <laughs> 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 anyway with that note taking us out is the one and only the great the talented the stupendous michael jackson no just kidding <laughs> oh i wish even better danny d thanks guys what about what about therapy 
What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.